episode three of Valar Podcasters. Thank you so much for listening. We are on iTunes now, so if you just type Valar Podcasters into iTunes, you can uh, find us and subscribe. Um, We'll have my interview with Liam Cunningham, Davos Seaworth. I got to speak to him back when, uh, remember when the Game of Thrones exhibition came to Australia? He came to promote that, and uh, we got to have a good old 15-minute chat uh, like, what are the sets like in real life? Why do people like Davos so much? What makes the character tick? What makes that character so lovable? And how hilarious the Stannis, Melisandre and Davos scenes were when they were filming all the Dragonstone stuff. What it was like when the camera stopped rolling. Really cool guy. Really into it. Really illuminating stuff. But my guest today to recap episode three, Oathkeeper, is from Nova 100, Dean Thomas. Hi, mate. Thanks for having me on this thing. <laughs> hey, can I make a statement before we start? Yeah, yeah. All right. Before we start, I want to state that my knowledge of names and regions of Westeros is bad, <laughs> but my passion for the show is second to none, so don't don't get annoyed with me. Well, I, um, I have actually received feedback that um, my podcast is too nerdy. Good. It's too in. Um, I assume a lot of knowledge on behalf of the listener. Good. And I thought what I would do, yeah, is I would mix it up. Um, and so you haven't read any of the books. Not one. Um, but you've seen a lot of the TV show. Every show. And I've been one of those people that has a, a gathering every episode. Yeah. So a lot of discussion in the last five years. Also, it's going to sound like I'm having a go at this episode. I'm just asking questions. All it right? was a bit of a dull one. Wasn't it? It was, and it was really frustrating too, because everyone was very excited. Because if you saw the trailer last week, you'd be like, oh, yes. they're going to go to the Tower of Joy. It's going to be the moment that everyone's been waiting for. And we got just a little taste, and then it was like oh. the, the three eyed raven, Blood Raven, Max von Sydow. He was just like, that's enough for now. And oh. it was so frustrating. As soon as Sam, God love him, <laughs> as soon as he comes on the screen, I want to drink poison. Yeah. And and just so many of the plot lines that aren't going anywhere, like oh. Arya. It's like, yeah, how many times do you have to get hit with a stick before you get your sight back? Finally. They you know? slap that girl for two eps with a stick. Exactly. And head face shots with a stick. Yeah. One episode of face shots <laughs> with a stick is fine. I understand. She's getting hit with sticks. Which, I get it. Oh. Yeah. But so every arc seems to progress by a meter only this episode. Yeah, and like um, uh, Tyrion, just like sitting there and it's, he has a chat and it's like, yep, yeah, we get it. It's a trademark humor, but how much? Like now you've got to find the leaders of these cities. It's like... We've spent so long in this goddamn pyramid room. I'm glad you brought up that specific scene, okay? So whoever's in charge of this, are we allowed to... I, don't, I won't swear like a sailor, but I can swear. If you feel the passion <laughs> bubble up inside okay. you and you want to swear, go for it. Okay. So when making that scene, why do the, the creators think we need a cute, humorous scene? You know when he's trying to get up conversation with yep. Grey Worm and Khaleesi's hot mate? Yep. All right, bit, bit of fun. Why are we fucking referencing the dragons that a week before he's t- unchained? Yeah, yeah. Instead, we get some stupid dialogue. He's on. Un- he's unchained dragons. Then yeah, what are they talking about? Puzzles or something? We're talking about puzzles. No one referenced that there's dragons off the chain. Think about those words: dragons off the chain. Why? I don't know. And it's like, it's just such an obvious thing where it's like. Oh, so um, I say we should fight them. I say we should talk to them. Well, let's solve this problem. And it's like, oh, it's going nowhere. Yeah, and in the yeah. previews for next week, they, they included some line of dialogue that was along the lines of, hey, where the hell's the queen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and she's in the, the nursing home in the middle of... For hot chicks. Yeah, for, like for ex-hot chicks, <laughs> like recovering hot chicks. And like, yeah, and I just like, you, you obviously like, 
what like how can she get out of this? It's just another thing that she's stuck in that she has to get out of. Yeah. And you, in the preview for next week, you've got Jorah and Dario sitting on a mountaintop going, oh, well, this is where we have to go in to find her. And it's yeah. like, great. So they're going to go in there, bust it up. But I'm assuming that she will get airlifted out by dragons. By dragons. Like, just like in the Colosseum scene. I know yeah. it's not called which the Colosseum. Which already you know happened. I mean? Yeah, which is already, the, the, I believe they're the fighting pits of Marine. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but just yeah. one ep, I'd like one little little arc to be resolved within that one. So, like, she has that interaction with the, well, that lady was real mean, by the way. The head the head ex-hot chick. Yeah, real I mean. know, right? Mean woman. Roll out a little bit of hospitality. This is a guest. And, and also, like, if they are, like, confined to this one room, yeah. like, for the rest of their lives... Yeah. You think they'd have a bit of fun with it? Like they would be like, "Hey, <laughs> welcome." It's pretty tough, we know. I yeah. guess they're really jealous of her because she's the one who, like, the tradition show. It, like every um, wife of a dead Carl must go to the Dosh Kaleen. It is known. Yeah. Um, whereas she'd like, um, I'd actually rather tour Slavers Bay, um, breaking <laughs> chains and playing with dragons. Yeah, absolutely right. Have fun with it. Have a notice board saying tonight's Panto Night and <laughs> yeah. Soup Night. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna have fun with it, ladies. Early bird special, <laughs> Stallion Heart. And you know yeah. what? We're gonna have a big old bitch about the cows. Yeah, exactly. What was wing. your guy like? Oh, <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. He had sex with me without consent. Mine too. This is a thing I'm, with these guys. Yeah, yeah. Now, okay, so I've ranted on the dragons. Right. I've ranted about Tyrion. Let's talk about Jon Snow because okay. prior to this, when he did the gasp of air at the last step, he's, he's clearly back to life. Yeah. Did you know, as a book lover, did you know everything around that scenario? Did you? No. What we knew was that Jon Snow, and this is why the Tower of Joy is so important, is that Jon Snow is too important to die. There's too much going on there. Okay. He, there's so many hints dropped throughout the books that he is this prince that is promised. Okay. Right? That he is going to be the the person who the Song of Ice and Fire is about. Right? Okay, right. okay, Okay. He... The fact that he's at the wall, the fact that um, Melisandre is right there, she is a red priestess. We have seen um, Thoros of Mia in like series three yep. bring, and, and interesting, I read online the words that he said in series three to bring back Beric Dondarrion, mm-hmm. same words that Melisandre said um, in the episode we saw last week. As in same spell? Same. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right, cool. So we, it's all sitting there. It's all sort of there. It's, it was no surprise that he got brought back. No. And in fact, it was a little, I said last week, it's a little too easy. You're kind of like, yeah. great, they just rolled that out. Like, Speaking of too easy, and we'll get to this. Yeah. The fucking high sparrow. I've got a big rant on him. Oh, good. Yeah. Let's stay on John. All right. Did you think he was going to come back as a zombie or like as, as like change mentally? I, well, I mean, it depends what you say because Beric Dondarrion didn't come back as a zombie. He just right. came back success, successively weaker. But think about it. You're suffering a mortal wound yes. every time. Do the wounds heal? I've got so many questions about Jon Snow's wounds. Oh, I reckon they'll probably heal they'll as heal? a normal wound would heal. I wonder what's going on in his organs inside, yes. considering they've been knifed repeatedly. Yes. Like, with a bit of gusto, too. Yes. Like, I wasn't a nick. Um, that, that little kid who's got the... And poor guy. I mean, it's just his face. But well, his got... first episode was, like, the start of series four. No, series five. Yeah. And you were like, they're setting this guy up to be the stabber. Because if you read the books, the final book that's been written, book yep. five of seven, ends, the final bit, is John getting stabbed to death. Okay, right. Now, that kid's a very good actor because I felt the same hatred towards that little kid as I did with Joffrey. And it's a credit to him because he did annoying very well, do you think? That's, I, I mean, that's, I reckon that's insane because I, I would say, like, Joffrey was 
Yeah, big call was thousands of times worse. Yeah, than, I did make a big call. A little Ollie. Yeah, I, I retract that. Well, you said it. I did. You still it. felt but something. He very, you still felt something. Very easy to get yeah. angry with. Yeah. Now, interesting thing about Jon Snow and his personality changing. We know that he retains some humor. Yeah. And, okay, I'm but his his loyalty to the wall in Castle Black was gone. So something well, has disappeared, but there is some Jon Snow there because he's still that charming dude. But he's... So if you think of the, the oath that the Night's Watchmen take, it says that I will uphold this earth until the day I die. Bang. So that's his so death he's, day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> See you later, dickheads. There's also like... It, the, it never says anything about sex in the oath. It just yeah. says I'll take no wife. So that's why it's like, and the fact that I fooled around with Ygritte as well. Like he, he's just every... Te- it's like like he's gone through this oath with every technicality and yeah. now I mean I don't know where he's off to either. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean if I was setting out into the snowy wilderness I wouldn't I'd kind of hold on to my big woolly coat. It's <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> so I was I watched him walking out and I was like brr but who knows maybe yeah, he's got yeah. the lot like the um some sort of, you know how Melisandre is always warm no matter yeah, what. Yeah. She so, can go up the lift to the top of the wall and doesn't need to rug up. I think he deserves some form of superpowers after that. Like, something, you know? Some would say that coming back from the dead is in its own way a (laughs) bit of a superpower. I want more. I want more. Okay, now, when he leaves, when he addresses all the troops for the first time, when everyone sees this man return from the dead in that courtyard. Yeah, and there's just hugs and dick jokes. and yeah, dick joke. What's that big Rangan's name, the wildling? That's um, Tormund Giant's Bane. What? Okay, so if you come back from the dead, Dan... Yeah. Do I go with a dick joke or ask some questions about you coming back to life? I've got to say, yeah, again, I mean, I assume a lot of the time with Game of Thrones, like, you're getting... Maybe they he chatted for half an hour. Okay. And you just get the 30 seconds of gold, like the edited right. bit. Like, just let's just chop out the chaff, just go for the gold. What we should probably do with this podcast? A strange um, dialogue. Were you thinking of strange dialogue? I don't know. I mean... The whole, the whole, ep- the whole show is written in a sort of, you know. Ha ha, John! You've got a small dick. I saw it when you were dead. But welcome back. But welcome. But back. welcome back. Isn't that strange? Wait, pin dick. You're back from the dead. Not going to ask any questions. Now this, I've got, I've got a really good one for you, and I'd love to know if you noticed this last night. So on this, on the theme of childish dick jokes, <laughs> what's the big lizard king's name? That's uh, mate to uh, the. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Gregor, Gregor. <laughs> Big Lizard King. He looks reptilian between behind that... Uh... You mean the mountain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't you reckon he looks like a reptile now? He looks... He's. De- I reckon he looks a bit like he's died and spent a few weeks in a ditch. Yeah. And then he's puffed out a bit. He's yeah. He's purpled a bit. What, in the scene of this episode, when... Uh, what What's... What's the mom, Joffrey's mom's name again? I know she's Cersei. Cersei. I, I did know that. I'm not being a dick. That's okay. So when Cersei and Gregor and Jamie walk into that meeting... And they're all kind of trashing them, and it was that awkward. Oh, we're standing right here mm. in that tent scene. Oh, the, as in the small council meeting when yes. Pycelle. Yep, he's yep. he's he's arcing up, and they're right there. Pycelle is like, um, it's like good to have a bit more classic Pycelle idiocy. Like he's always is he a bumbling idiot? He's always he hoist by his own petard, and he's, he's horny too. He's like a horny old man. Right? Isn't, there, isn't there some sort of theory that he's incredibly fit for his age, and oh, he you pretends think so? to be doddering and old? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now. Did you notice yeah. a fart sound yeah. effect? Yeah, 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 yeah. A, f- a fucking fart. I love it. But was there a fart sound effect? I, so I, I've read online, because I, I did a bit of a Google after the episode, and apparently he there is a fart sound. So, here we are. And what he's done to Gregor Clegane is an abomination. We never sanctioned this, this experiment. 
And I, for one, think it will be in our best interest to have the beast destroyed. It's and it's a it's no like um, subtle fart either. It's a trumpet. It's a high trumpet. Fart. I think it's one of those ones that I love that we're going deep on farts. Well, it happened. I think yeah. I know. I know. It's in the text. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's one of those ones that at the time because it was so brazen, mm. it was so unsubtle. You went well. That must be a door creaking. Yes. And that's why when I looked online, I was stunned. That it is a legit fart. <laughs> now, and I don't have a screen grab of this, yeah. but I have also read that if you watched it with captions mm. for <gasps> the um, hard of hearing, yes, that that confirms it is a flatulent blast, a Bronx cheer. That wasn't a funny meme that you saw that actually happened? I gonna... didn't see a screen cap. I read an article and they said okay. that closed captioning confirms it. But there was I couldn't actually find wow. an image. So I mean, I was just about to say the sentence, if any deaf people are listening right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but if if there's some way that's if I, I'd love proof of that. So would I. It's such an incongruous fart. Yes. Now so are we, we are we saying it is a fart? Are we voting fart? I have done my research online and I believe it's a fart. We're gonna throw in fart. And I welcome more. Yep. Now, Bran. What do you want to know? It's a bit frustrating how the poor kid, every time he goes to an awesome flashback, that old prick brings him out of it as soon as something good happens. He's like um, he's like Matt Preston on MasterChef, <laughs> where it's like, that dish was disgusting. Yeah. Fireball ads, welcome back. Lee Delicious, you yeah. know? Yeah. Let's make special mention of that double-sworded... Who, who was that awesome, massive guy with two swords taking on Ned Stark okay. and his buddies? So that was Sir Arthur Dane, mm-hmm. um, famously, famously the greatest swordsman uh, at that time. He was the king's guard to um, Mad King. Mad King. Eris. Okay. Now, also serving on that King's Guard was Jamie Lannister. Yep. Who was also a famous swordsman. This, I reckon, this period of time around about Robert's Rebellion, when um, Robert and Ned went to war together against the Targaryens. Yep. Um, I reckon this was a, a a bit of a golden patch for swordsmanship. Right. Like uh, so many people from this is when Baristan Selmy okay. was on the King's Guard. All right. Like um, so. These guys are all just heroes of Westeros. And then to see his, that his dad, in fact, uh, wasn't the hero in that scene. Mm. Well, in the books, the quote is, I would be dead right now if it wasn't for Howland Reed. And that's the guy who stabbed the dude in the back. Yeah. Okay. And do you know who he is? No. So you know Mira and Jojen, the two little kids who, um, the boy and the girl, mm-hmm. the boy from Love Actually and the girl who's still around now, yes. they take Bran to find the... Um, Three-eyed crow and throw off those people, two and throw uh, folks off the scent with charred bodies. Yeah, I think so. Okay, I can't. Yeah. I, yep. I, I'm. We're going back a bit. Because yep. we lost him for a whole season. Yeah. But those two, they're Jojen and Mira Reed. Okay. Howland Reed is their father, father. and sure. he's gone. He's vanished. No one knows where <gasps> he is. But mm-hmm. he, as the only other living person, or the only still living person at the Tower of Joy, yep. would know what happened in that tower. Yep. Now, tall, awesome chick. I know I'm going all over the place here. We'll get straight back to where we were just were. Brienne. Yep. We didn't see... I know this is dumb, but we didn't see a Stannis body. 
No, no, that's been confirmed. Stannis okay. is dead. Okay, yeah, but he's we, absolutely dead. All right, yeah, that's but, confirmed. You know, you're just going to be dubious. You know? Nah, like as in the show creators have confirmed that. Okay. In the books, he's still alive. Oh, okay. He's holed up outside Winterfell mm-hmm. in the snow, eating horse meat. I like to see a body. You know. I agree. You know. Uh, considering like. You know, when other people die, like when little Ollie died, they did like a close-up of his like bloated corpse. Yeah. Yet when the king, the alleged or the presumed king of Westeros dies, they cut away. Yeah. Maybe they just couldn't get a good shot of it. And they just said, oh, well. Yeah, you don't want, if, if all the stuff they shot looks bad, you'd rather not have it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty powerful scene anyway. We didn't yeah. need to see his body. Lizard man. Gregor's a lizard. <laughs> Does he look like a reptile? He's, it's hard to tell because you only get a little bit of double chin. That's what, all you really get. When are we going to see that reveal? I hope they don't make us to Ep 10. We're going to see his face, surely, right? Oh, I don't know. Oh, come on. It's so intriguing. Again, in the books, they don't even confirm that it's Gregor Clegane. It's just like a, right. um, an incredibly large mountain-sized warrior mm-hmm. that Kyburn has just introduced Cersei to. And it's literally, the, that's the last scene with those two as well. Okay, but in the show, it's... Without a doubt, Gregor, right? Well, they literally called they him called that. Him Gregor. And there was, that's kind of sucked a bit of the mystery out. Yep. I think maybe it was one of those, look, there's no real mystery when you can see him on the screen. Yep. There's a lot of stuff in the books where you don't know which character it is. Mm-hmm. You only get descriptions and, and they use that as because you can never actually see them. Okay. Whereas, like, for example, with um, Theon turning into Reek, mm-hmm. you get a whole bunch of chapters from someone called Reek before you can put together the pieces and realise it was No way. Theon. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Now, uh, who am I talking about? He looks like Bernie Sanders and wears a potato sack. <laughs> I watched the episode with my brother and yeah. he's like, oh, check out Bernie. I'm like, <laughs> fucking high sparrow. Okay, what do you reckon? I think it's a little bit... Now, just as a, uh, not a book enthusiast, just a show enthusiast, it's a bit of a cop-out how he's just come in and he has this all-supreme power. Are you telling me in the, in the sinister and corrupt world of King's Landing, you can't poison some old dickhead? Yeah. Around about the start of book four, so we're talking in ways you can understand just after Oberyn Martell has died, mm-hmm. right? There just becomes this undercurrent of religious extremism. I guess yeah. people have seen that they've lost faith in the royal family a bit and they start to go, What's, what else is there? Well, there's the gods. Okay. And, and you feel these, these undercurrent of slowly more and more extremism, extremism is happening. And, and then there comes this story of how there was the faith militant, um, which was disbanded many years ago. It was outlawed, but um, it was when the faith used to have their own army. Which they do again now. Well, and then Cersei basically comes along and says, this, this mysterious figure emerges who they're calling the High Sparrow. And it takes mm. a while before you meet him. And then Cersei finally meets him and, and he says, you know, the faith militant, blah, blah, blah. And she basically goes, what if we brought it back? Um, mm. But again, he doesn't have a name and he is never, he just comes out of nowhere. Okay. And it's the same in the TV show. And when things are the same in the TV show and the book, you know they're important. Do you think his intentions are pure? or do you I think... don't know what his intentions are, Okay, but I can give you a bit of book theory. Do I want it? Maybe. Why not? I know you're not the kind of guy to spoil anything. Well, but... I don't know how to spoil. We're beyond the books now. That's I can give point. you as many theories as I want. Hit me. Yep. Um, so we met Howland Reed at yep. the Tower of Joy. Yep. And he hasn't been seen since. Yep. In the books, the High Sparrow... Yeah. and Howland Reed yes. have very similar physical descriptions. No shit. Now think of it. The books are yay thick. Uh-huh. 
and there's five of them. Yeah. So that's this many pages, right? Yeah. That's yeah. about a foot of paper, mm-hmm. right? Sentences get lost, you forget things. So yeah. George R. R. Martin is sometimes very specific. He'll describe two characters using the exact same adjectives. And that set a precedent for being the same person. That, that That's one of the ways we know, for example, um, I'm trying to think of some of the big reveals. Well, for example, with Jon Snow mm-hmm. and Lyanna Stark, mm-hmm. they're described incredibly similarly. Oh, wow. Um, there's, another, there's a whole bunch of stuff. And when you see the two chapters side by side with the highlighting, you go, oh, my God, this must be intentional, right? Holy shit. So there is this theory... That this High Sparrow guy mm. is Howland Reed grown up. And when I was watching the Tower of Joy scene, I was wondering if they cast them to look kind of similar. Because I wouldn't mind looking at a picture of the two of them side by side and going, what do you reckon? Because yeah. he hasn't been seen since. Yes. I mean, in the Tower of Joy scene, Ned and Howland seemed about the same age. Now, I mean, High Sparrow looks a lot, a lot older. older than Ned when he died. A lot older. Ned yeah. looked great. He looked Banging hot, like a million bucks. Yeah, wow. But that's that because he's got to be something. He's got to pay off. He's got to come from somewhere, and he's got to pay off. There's a lot of stuff that needs to pay off right now. A lot of idiots like me are getting angry with him. Yes, that's why I think they're messing with me, and he's going to be a big legend. Yeah, but I mean, what's his what's his goal? What does he want to do? I refuse to believe that he's just a religious fanatic. Yes, there's got to be something else there. Yeah. Even the way he manipul- manipulates Tommen, he, f- he says, oh, my knees are sore, I need to sit down. Yeah. And then he says, Tommen, sit down. And then they're not face-to-face anymore. Yeah. They're not adversarial. They're two friends Riffin. sitting on a bench. Having yeah, a having a riff, yeah. much like us right now. That's an excellent point. Now, please remind me. Oh, by the way, since Joffrey's death, there was a massive void of arsehole in our lives. Yep. Thank God for Ramsay. <laughs> You're like the only person I've met who would say that sentence. Isn't he amazing? He's Sometimes he goes a little too far. Like feeding a baby to a dog? Yeah. That was fucked, man. Yeah, or with Sansa. That was There's fucked. There's that whole thing. I remember when um, around about, I don't know, like sort of series three, mm. and um, my friends would sort of say to me stuff like, oh, I hate Joffrey so much, mm. right? And I'd be like, in my head, wait till you meet Ramsay. Yeah, right. It's one thing that George is really good at, yeah. the, the author. Yeah. He'll give you a character that you hate and then give you someone even worse. Mm. And then you'll go far out. Well, Joffrey, we had Joffrey because of his petulance and he was just a little dickhead. His we, entitlement, yeah. Yeah, we hate Ramsay because he's flat out. Sociopath. The most psychopathic person I've yeah. ever seen on a screen. Yeah. It's amazing. And they just don't stop. They just don't stop. <laughs> but this is my theory about him. He's had he's had it his way for too long. Some bad shit has statistically, I think some bad shit's coming for him. Okay, so uh, the scene we saw him in this week yep. uh, was him, you know, meeting with Small John Umber, who is one of the Northern Lords. Yep. Saying, um, who by the way had an attitude I liked. Yeah. Well, I'll get to that. Yeah. So he unveiled that because the last time we saw Rickon, you remember Rickon, yep. the youngest star. Yep. The last time we saw him, him and Osha and um, Shaggy Dog, the mm-hmm. wolf, were going off, and their aim was to get to the last hearth. I remember that, which is the castle of the Umbers. Mm-hmm. So I guess they got there. Yep. Because the Umbers is that dude, long-haired dude. Yep. Gotcha. So we guess they got there. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's happened over the last few series, mm. but next thing we see is a. a, a 
stagecoach thundering along down the road and and the banners on the stagecoach with the chains and, yep. and you know it's got a big sheet over the back and they rock up and um, in comes small John Umber with his attitude I'm not going to kneel I'm not going to swear anything yeah, to you yeah. and he brings in the head well at first he brings in um, Rickon and Osha and whips them off and says these are you know this is who we got yep and then he brings in the head of the wolf and dumps it, and then that's it. So that implies that Rickon and Osher Gunsberg were, were, <laughs> were, were prisoners. Well, yeah, or it's a scheme. Would you kill a dire wolf for a scheme? Who says it's the dire wolf? Good point. Didn't look that big. Could have been a normal wolf. Yeah. Dire wolf's heads are massive. That was like normal dog head. Yeah, and the other thing is, right, is one thing that's really important mm-hmm. in... Um, Westeros mm-hmm. is custom and and paying respect. That's why things like kin slaying, killing your own family, mm-hmm. uh, breaking oaths, mm-hmm. um, it, the Red Wedding is such a blight on those houses because they invited these people mm. into their castle mm-hmm. and then killed them, and that's a complete no-no. Wow, okay. When you invite someone in, they are safe. Mm-hmm. That's the rule. They're Barley's. The fact that the small John was so adamant that he wouldn't kneel or swear an oath is very, I think, telling. I think there's a bluff going on there. But the episode's called Oathbreaker as well. That was the title of the episode. I love what you just said. It makes perfect sense. But if you were to trick Ramsay, you'd think you would be doing all the uh, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. You would be bowing. You'd be sucking sucking up to him so you can go bang. But you can't do that because then you've sworn the oath. That's the idea, is that this, yeah. this culture is so into my word is my bond, code of chivalry, these sorts of things. Yeah. And that's why, yeah, someone like Jamie Lannister is seen as the king slayer. Yeah. I lo- did, did you love at one point where Jamie Lannister said what the viewer would have been saying? Can't we just break the sparrow's head? Squash his head. <laughs> but obviously there's far much more you know, going on. Well, they on. don't want all those maniacs with their cudgels and their head tattoos yeah. running around the streets. The cudgel boys. Cudgel boys. <laughs> the wackers. Also, okay, since we've chatted about the app, I didn't hate it now. I didn't hate it at first, but it was slow. It's, uh, it feels like it's a simmering stew. You always get this around it. But normally episode three is a bit of a cracker as well to get you really into it. But you normally get around episode four and five, just a little bit of wishy-washy, a little bit of where is this going. Yep. I mean, and we all, uh, episode nine is the boom kind yep. of episode. Also, yeah. while in this period of magic with uh, Arya getting a vision back and John coming back from the dead... Bran's going to walk again. I can feel it. Mm. Come on. If you can repair those other two, why can't you repair this poor kid's spinal yeah, cord? I can bring him back from life. I cannot make you a decent set of crutches. Yeah, come yeah. on. <laughs> so I'm holding a candle for that anyway. What an app. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I like also my notes because I write little notes just so I can remember what's going on. Yeah. And the final note that yes. I wrote mm-hmm. was um, wall hanging. Which is, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is very different to like if I was an interior designer, right? Like wall hanging. It's like it means something a lot different. Yeah, not four know? men yeah, yeah. meeting their death. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think um, I really want to see a payoff for the Tower of Joy. This is why I love the show because I said to everyone watching it with me, John's not going to hang them. And then bang. Oh, yeah, like cutting off the head of Sir Janos Slint. Like, yeah. he's got to do it. Yeah. It's Ned Stark. He yeah. who swings the, uh, who who passes the sentence must swing the sword. Honestly, did you have a point where you thought he's not going to do this? No. Nah. Okay. I right. knew it. Yeah. yeah. Good on him. Do you know what happens at the Tower of Joy? No idea. Ooh. Don't worry. Okay. Can't wait. Great. 
Hey, thanks for coming, Dino. Hey, my pleasure. Great chat there with uh, Dino. If you want to follow him, Dean Thomas, he's Dean on air on Twitter now. I promise Sir Davos Seaworth, The Onion Knight, Liam Cunningham himself. Here it is, my chat with him. I love asking people when they come to Australia, I go, what is the, for the first time, what is the one thing that isn't how you thought it would be? The weather? Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> no, just because of, of the winter thing. It's actually warmer at home. I'll tell you what's weird. Getting dark at five o'clock when I've been used to 11 or 11.30 at home. Oh, it's really? Like summer thing, yeah. Okay. Well, sort of 10.30, I should say. I'm exaggerating. Oh, you're just trying to impress me now. Yeah, yeah. Extra daylight. <laughs> oh, hours, wow. Yeah. I'll go to my mates. Oh, hey, Liam Cunningham, where he lives, it doesn't get dark till 11. He's so cool. It's a, and you're it's a going. very expensive part of town to have yeah. it bright for that, that length of the day. <laughs> they light it all up. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's really exciting to speak to you. Um, and you're coming here. You're here to promote the exhibition as well. Um, so we'll talk about that a bit as well because – I've been to the Harry Potter exhibition, and I loved that. And oh, I love right. Game of Thrones even more than Harry Potter. Oh, you're so. going to love the exhibition here because yeah. what's, what's gorgeous about it, I'm sure the delightful people at Warner Brothers had a couple of bits and pieces that were actually real, but everything on, on uh, the exhibition here is, is 100% real. There's no, I mean, my costume is here. If it, if it doesn't go back to Belfast in the next three or four weeks, I'll be acting naked. So that's it's literally straight off the rack into a container, and then they open it up at the MCA. Well, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's been a, that, this is the only time they can do it is when we're not filming, and they've got. I mean, the original props, um, some uh, the, the the weapons, long claw, and the, there's the mountain sword and Ned Stark sword, um, loads loads of costumes, the beautiful costumes, and uh, we even have the dragon's eggs, and yeah. and and <coughs> excuse me, the um, Oculus Rift. You know this? The, the yeah, VR tell thing? me. It's like a yeah, virtual reality thing. Tell me more about yeah. this. Well, my daughter bought one because my daughter is an Uber geek, <laughs> and it's still in the in the developer kit stage. But um, and she tried it on me at home uh, on her laptop, and I nearly hurled after about ten seconds because it was messing with my inner ear. So, so it, I it, wasn't that interested in doing it when I when I got. But when I put it on, um, you will go to the wall. Um, You'll get in the lift and you'll get up the top of the wall and you'll have a look over north of the wall and it's the most bizarre sensation. That is awesome. And if you're into the show, it is so well worth doing. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I love, I just love really that cool. they're using this technology. It, like, I suppose when you're acting in it though, like how much of what you're acting in is green screen and how much of it is real? Well, yeah, the, the show costs a fortune because they spend as much as they possibly can on making it as real as they can. I was talking earlier on about like Dragonstone the um, in, in the um, in Dragon in the castle in the map room where quite a lot of scenes with uh, Stannis and, and uh, the Red Priestess yeah uh, happens. That is an astonishing set. The first time I walked on that that the the, the, the map room table where the where the shadow baby was conceived. <laughs> yeah, uh, the workbench. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What do they call it? Rub and tug. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that expression for the first time this morning. Oh, really? How'd you hear that? Uh, uh, <laughs> Where were long, you? It's a, it's a long story. In King's Cross? <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard it. A friend of mine told me. Sure. Okay. <laughs> a friend. Yeah. How much does the friend charge per hour? <laughs> Uh, I'm not going into that. I, I got a cut price. We're big fans of the show. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Talk about the hand of the king, right? <laughs> the hand of God. Um, Maradona. But yeah, um, no, okay, so but, the but sets the, are amazing. The attention to detail is just extraordinary. <laughs> it looked like it had been there for 500 years. And in the wall, I don't even know if, if it's ever been visible. The reason it, it, There is a dragon carved into this beautiful set that we're mm. on. And it's, uh, it's, it's just amazing. 
um, and obviously when the, when you've got ten thousand unsullied, um, then you're going to have to use uh, CGI or, or eight hundred uh, horses about to go in battle. There isn't that many horses in all of Europe, so they have to they have to CGI that all, all that sort of stuff. They keep CGI as little as they possibly can. Okay, as are as you as they can get away with. You'd be an accomplished horseman. I've been known to be on the back of a horse. Or okay. Two, yes. All right. Um, and you, so right at the end of series four, um, mm. you can sort of, there's this sense that, because I have read the books, I know it's having, but there's this mm. sense that, okay, so puzzle pieces are starting to, you know, click together and you've found yourself um, via Bravos up at the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're beyond the wall. You're with Jon Snow. Mm. Things are, you know, things are starting to click together. Is it exciting um, as an actor to be like, Okay, I'm gonna. I might be able to act with some other people. I might be able to get out of the gloomiest castle in Westeros. And exactly. you know, well, I spent a lot of season three in in, in a dungeon. Oh, it's, and, and Dragonstone is just the creepiest, weirdest yeah, it's a bit, place. In, it's a bit messed yeah. up, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so it's very nice to be on a on horseback and swinging a sword because it makes you know it looks like I actually have a bit of testosterone. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of nice to be doing it. And and as well as that, I, I've been getting grief for a season and a half from Stannis as to why do we have no money? Why do we have no army? Why aren't you doing your job, dude? Well, so to be actually come up with a, with the goods is kind of, it's good from an acting point of view. It's great. Your your character is so, for want of a better term, whipped by Stannis. It's like Stannis is this like <laughs> oppressive whipped? girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, male tea whipped. It just, no, it's be peed. <laughs> I just watch it and I'm like, why the hell like does Davos feel like, I know like Stannis like, ex, you know, chopped his fingers off instead of mm. executing him and what have you. But he just, every episode, Stannis is like this angry, petulant dude and Davos is mm. like, oh, I still love you. Well, there is that. You know, you know what? I think, I think one of the reasons the fans kind of like the dude is because he's, for, for a guy that's from the worst slum, Flea Bottom in mm. King's Landing and, and, and from very, you know, the same as Gendry, uh, you know, the same um, low-life background, uh, is that he has more nobility than the people who who uh, the Lannisters and the and the and the Freys and the and the Boltons and all those yeah. scumbags? Uh, is that as is that he has he, you know it's in his DNA that he's uh, he he's uh, he's loyal he's honest he despises injustice he's very good at lateral thinking and I just like that the idea that this lowborn guy has 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 more decency and nobility than the people who are supposed to have it. Yeah, but he's. This is why I, I, I was lucky enough to speak to George um, last mm. year about the books, and um, I find the loyal, noble, honourable characters <laughs> so frustrating to watch. And I just want—I just want to see badass villains swinging swords. And you know, I like the—I mm. like how fucked up the Greyjoys are, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. how like you know, and the Lannisters and their plotting, and and yeah. and, and, and and meanwhile, Davos is like. Well, do the right thing, kids. You know, like yeah. But he listen. He has the conscience. I kind of look at him. I look at him two ways. When and on a good day, I look at him like uh, Tom Hagen, like mm-hmm. Robert Duvall's character in The Godfather. He's okay. conciliatory. Yeah, he's, he's unshakable yep. loyalty, and that's kind of cool. It doesn't diminish him as a human being. Or the other way to look at him is Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, it's I, true. Uh, he is a bit like that. But at the same time, when I think people look at him and just kind of go, you know what? If I was in the shit, he's the dude you want, would you? Well, like, that's true. You know, and uh, and it's it's it, it could be it could be looked on as a sign of weakness, but I I tend to look at him as a as 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 if I was in that situation, would I have the strength of character that that dude has? It's like true. when Stannis comes down to the jail and says, "You don't put much value on your life, do you, dude?" And uh, Davos says, "No, not really. It's uh, doing the right thing." 
is not even a choice of his. It's just there is no other way. Mm. So that's a, I kind of like the nobility of the guy. I feel like back in the day, like before the books, like way mm. back, like Robert's Rebellion kind of time, mm. Davos was a badass. He was a smuggler. He yeah. got up to mischief. He lived life on the edge. He was, you know, the, the Han Solo of Westeros or whatever. <laughs> Have you seen the T-shirt? <laughs> Rogues you can trust. Is there? Uh, uh, Neil Marshall, who directed uh, episode nine and did Battle of Blackwater and all that. And I've, I've done, I know him 20 years. I did, uh, for, I did Dog Soldiers with him. His okay. First movie, and I did Centurion, his last one. And uh, he sent me this, uh, he said, I'm getting one of these, and Rogues You Can Trust. And it's Davos Seaworth, Han Solo, and who was the other one? I should know this. There was three of us on this T-shirt that you can buy, and it's Rogues You Can Trust. Three smugglers. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool that you've got your face on a T-shirt next to Han Solo. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. That's a a bucket list tick right there. You betcha. Um, But yeah, like... He was such a, a badass, a rogue you can trust back in the day, right? Yeah, and yeah. now he's literally, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, there is a bit. No, but that's what I say. He's a simple man in a nest of vipers. Yeah. And that's that's what I like about it. It's the fact that he's, that, you know, the simple life is so much more rewarding than the, than the crap that the Lannisters go through. That They trust nobody. They have miserable lives. And that's what I like about the show. It kind of holds a mirror up to society. Mm. Because you know the people that are running any country, this one, America, my one. They're just under so much pressure. They're completely paranoid. Yeah. They're shit scared they're going to lose power to the extent that they completely forget that they're supposed to be representing people. Which is like the definition job. of Stannis as well. Yeah. Like he lives in just anger and fear and rage. Yeah, just... but he's like Robert. He doesn't even want the job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He just, yeah. It's, he, he, he just he, he wants to get it because it's his birthright. And he feels that uh, how dare them not, not let, make me king when it's my job. But he, mm. I, to be honest, he doesn't even want it. <laughs> it is the epitome of the poison chalice. Do you um? Did you audition for Davos? I did, of course. Yeah, okay. actually, I I went in the year before, and uh, uh, to meet for a couple of other characters who shall remain nameless. Oh, you're not allowed to say you signed. Well, I am agreement. allowed to say. I'm just not telling you. Oh, I don't come like on, it. No, come on, no give me a scoop. No, no, there's no scoop. Joffrey, you're you're going to be scoopless. <laughs> Sansa, <laughs> yeah. Cersei. That'd be a good funny or die video. Can we get some wigs in? This would be the- <laughs> uh, and uh, I think when I auditioned, I just kind of went, oh, "That dude might be Davos next year." So they actually mm. said, well, "Listen, we've got some really interesting characters coming back next year," and uh, and I'm really pleased that they. Uh, he's uh, he's a, an interesting guy to make interesting. You did you read? I mean? the, well, did you read the books? No. Because in the books... I read a book once. It was uh, green. <laughs> School. I, it's like, um, in the books, he's constantly described as just really ordinary looking. Yeah. Like, that's literally like... It... Well, they went out on a limb with me. <laughs> I know. I'd have to, that's where I wear the There are many changes between this, the books and the TV. Yeah. I am George Clooney under this prosthetic. <laughs> they, um... But, this is the thing, is all the other characters are described in, in these glowing ways. Well, no, and Stannis is described as having absolutely no sense of humour whatsoever. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I find him, I find Stephen hilarious. Is I he? I've he actually, I saw him in a comedy not so long ago. I'm trying yeah. to remember what it was. I think it was A Touch of Cloth, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, he seems like a funny guy, but he's he is not. A, he's he is, not. He's br- listen, he's brilliant. And listen, I think he brings... I think he he just brings something to this that I absolutely adore. I just I just love him, Stannis. He's just he's angry, he's pissed off, and it just makes me laugh. Do you get and bloopers on set? Is there moments we where laugh you... our heads off? Yeah, really? We, yeah, once you get because we spend a lot of time before we hit the set making sure it's all right because we've you know we've all got a theater a theatrical background, so we yeah we get it down 
and we're in the game a long time. So when we arrive on set, I, you can s- s- sometimes see the director's shoulders just <laughs> sliding down with with relaxation because we sort of know what we're doing. Okay. And uh, so we we managed to have a bit of a laugh. I have a big laugh with, with Carice. Uh, well, you guys have worked together before. We have. And it was a slightly more amorous relationship. Um, there was, s- was a bit of horizontal folk dancing, yes. Yeah. <laughs> when, once you do a scene like that with someone, is it like, oh, hey. Yeah, it's like, like an ex almost. Yeah, I miss them. Get them out. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. Well, sometimes. she does a lot. So, <laughs> Is she good fun? She seems cool. Yeah, no, she's a great girl. She's a great girl. Actually, you should. Uh, her album is brilliant. She's yeah. A, you know, she's really accomplished. Check it out. Uh, you should play it on the show. It's, it's called See You on the Ice. She's uh, she's uh, done, I think, at least one of the songs. She's a duet with Anthony Hegarty from Anthony and the Johnsons. Mm-hmm. She's, she, um, she's no, um, she's no wilting flare, this girl. She's, awesome. She's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, is she Dutch? I want to say Dutch. Yeah, she is Dutch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She she's big a in Holland. She's superstar over there. Yeah. She's wow. Like half a million Twitter followers and all sorts of stuff. How many have you got? Two. <laughs> no, I've got uh, once your mum, yeah. <laughs> once Stephen yeah, Delane and your mum. I forgot to follow myself. I've about forty thousand or something. They're oh, all, all there fake. you go. All fake. There you go. All right, now they're probably fans. All right, well, um, we're running out of time here. I'm just wondering if there's anything else. Um, okay, this is a fun one. I like to ask is, mm. what character do you wish wasn't dead or wasn't you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Really? Because you don't think things are more interesting now that he's dead in that sick sort of way? Or? Well, it, 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 it kind of opens things up, but I just loved I loved every time that, that you know, that Tyrion, uh, you know, strong character, Cersei, strong character, Jamie, strong character, every time they walked into the room, they shit themselves when Tywin showed up. And Charlie is such, has such gravitas, and uh, he's a fantastic actor. Yeah, uh, Charlie, Charlie to mates. Charles yeah. Dance, Charlie he's to mates. He's known as Charlie everywhere. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, he's 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 magnificent, and he's he's such he's such a good actor. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Michelle Fairley. I'm really sad she's gone. Oh, well, well, with Michelle Fairley, I don't yeah. know if you've read the books, but there's a bit of a there's a zombie thing or something, isn't it? Exactly. Um, sorry, spoilers, but she she said in an interview this week that she won't be coming back uh, as Zombie Caitlin. Is that right? Well, that's what has been said in interviews. She's holding out for more money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, like just cut one dragon scene yeah. just to bring her back. <laughs> um, all right, well, I'll let you go. Um, thank you so much for hanging out and for having a chat. Yeah, um, oh, that's cool. Really nice talking to you, though. Oh, thank you so much. I love talking. I'm slowly collecting the whole set of everyone from yeah. Game of Thrones. So yeah, good luck with that. It was Hurry no. up. Because half of them will be dead by the next one you get to. <laughs> well, hopefully not you. Hopefully not you. Yeah, yeah, That's what I say. I talked to Peter Dinklage just the other week, and He's I said, gorgeous, "He man. said just he goes, hopefully I won't die. Hopefully yeah, yeah. I won't die." So well, I said, the yeah, same you to you. Wouldn't believe how nice we are to the producers and George Martin. We're oh. lovely. We well, there's chocolates. some of my, I did say before that some of the Davos chapters, I kind of go, "Oh, stop being so honourable," but mm. uh, there's I some pretty exciting said, stuff coming any, up. Is there any chance I can get into a crash? And butcher a few children. I, I just I just need something to spice this puppy up. <laughs> yeah, you need some edge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, some order. Have you started has season five started yet? Uh, the... About a month. Should be getting the new scripts in about uh, about two weeks' time. I'll uh, I'm gonna post them on the internet. Oh good, yeah, great. Yeah. I think um I think some guy called George has already put them out as a book. I don't know. <laughs> but, all right. I'll let you go. Thank you so much, Liam. Cheers, Dan.